If you have your Bibles open to Ecclesiastes, I want you to look at verse number one with me. And this is where I got the title of the message. And of course, the title of the message is Don't Wait to Remember. Remember is the first word here used in the Bible. You might see that. And maybe you have read this verse before, uh, having a little bit more of an understanding of it than I do, perhaps. But it says, Remember now thy Creator. And so really, if you see just that first comment, that first little sentence there, Remember now... He's kind of bringing an urgency to the understanding. This is a very wise man writing this. Solomon wrote this particular uh, book of the Bible, Ecclesiastes. Remember now thy creator. That word creator is the same word in the beginning God. So God Elohim in the beginning creator is talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so what the Bible is basically telling us to do is to remember, put in mind, really, your creator, your God, who is the God of heaven, in the days of thy youth. And so we're talking about shifting it from remembering to, to youthfulness, where you remembered everything. And so maybe you are from days of old. Uh, someone wrote these things out, so you're not... You're you're not uh, old unless you can remember these things. And so follow along with this, all right? If you can remember being sent to the drugstore to test vacuum tubes for the TV. Can you imagine that, folks? Going to the drugstore and taking a tube from your TV to to, to see if it can be tested whether it's good or not. How many remember tubes in your your TV? You know, I'm I'm young, I think. Uh, and I can remember that. Um, it goes on to say, you might be able to remember when Kool-Aid was the only other drink for kids other than milk or soda in the house. Uh, Kool-Aid was huge, wasn't it? Back in the day, before they started running through walls and stuff, kind of scaring kids. But, but uh, uh, when, when there were two types of sneakers for boys, there was the high tops and the low tops. That's, that's the kind of sneakers there used to be. Do you realize the market now for tennis shoes? It's incredible. When boys couldn't wear anything but leather shoes to school. Here's one. You can remember when it took five minutes for your TV to warm up. Remember that? Pretty soon it would pop up and it'd be kind of a green screen. And, you know, that's back when the black, white, black, white. When all your friends got their hair cut around your kitchen table. Remember those days? When we used to get haircuts and mom used to do it, um, when, when nearly everyone's mom was at home uh, when the kids got there. Mom was already home. I remember coming home from school and mom was there. Um, I remember the days when nobody owned a purebred dog. You know? Remember when you just had mutts everywhere? I mean, you think about it. Now you've got to have these really expensive dogs. And you ask, what kind of breed is that? And they say, well, it's a chicka chicka honda. And you wonder, where did that come from? You know? I mean, there's all kinds of different dogs, isn't there, today? We, we, we have a couple. We have a boxador. It's a cross between a boxer. Really, his name is Hoss. Hoss is really a mutt. That's what he is. Because we're really not sure what he is. When the coyotes holler... He begins to holler even in the house. I feel bad for our neighbors sometimes when that happens. But uh, when a dime was decent for allowance, and a quarter was, wow, what a huge bonus. Probably got it at Christmas time. When girls neither dated nor kissed until late high school, if then even. 
Remember the days when your mom wore nylons, but they were in two pieces? Remember when all your teachers wore either neckties or had their hair done on Mondays when they came to school? When you get your windshield clean and your oil checked and your gas pumped without asking? I remember those days. 27.9, I remember buying gas for in Janesville. 27.9. I had a friend of mine, we'd take our mini bikes over to Oscar Mayer parking lot and we'd fly around there with our mini bikes. He said, You realize that someday gas is going to be a buck and a half? And I'm like, You're such a negative person, you know. <laughs> um, remember the days when your parents disciplined any child they saw? but also fed them and used them to carry groceries into the house. Remember those days? Remember when it was uh, considered a great privilege to be taken out to dinner by your parents? Remember when they threatened to keep kids back a grade if they failed? And they did it? Oh, my gosh. Terrible. Remember when being sent to the principal's office was nothing compared to the fate when you saw Dad when you got home? Remember the days when it was Mrs. Smith? Remember the day it was before the days that we have today? So now that I've got your attention and you remember, I would like to speak to you just for a few minutes and it will be short this morning on the importance of life. Kind of have an idea of how God views life. I want to see life through God's eyes. Um, There's many verses concerning it when it comes to life, how short it is, guys, how short it is. It's really short. Life is short. You don't know if you've even got tomorrow. The Bible says, of course, in James 4, 13 and 14, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go in such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. And get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanishes away. I can't believe I've been your pastor for 22 years. It's hard for me to look at my son now, and he's 35, and I can remember when he was born. Time is fleeting. Really, Solomon is helping us understand this. I think we have to get a right view of really what the Bible says concerning life, and we do that from the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 12, verse number 15. And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. And so it's not about getting. It's about giving in life. Being able to be an influence to somebody else and understanding this all the time and having this maybe an understanding or urgency that I need to use every single day the way God wants me to use it. But I think in order to do justice to the passage in 
chapter 12, and if we were to take away the chapters right now, if you have your Bible, I want you to look back at chapter 11. In beginning in verse number 7, it's interesting because we take verse number 7 of chapter 11 all the way down to 12.7 really is the thought that Solomon has here, and he wants the people to, that read it to be able to see the urgency or really how to view life or how to make the best out of life. He says in verse number 7, Truly the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. And so basically what he's saying, it's really neat to be able to see. Not only to see, but also to have insight. And there are a lot of people that see that don't have insight, by the way. I was blessed at Ruth's sister's funeral, and Ruth uh, was able to uh, introduce me to her her nephew, his name is Eddie, Randy and Eddie were, I think they were put in an incubator when they were babies, and, uh, and, uh, and Eddie lost his eyesight completely. He's completely blind. And uh, I was able to take his hand, you know, not too long ago, or, or when he was a child, um, he became a born-again Christian, and he's lived his life knowing Jesus Christ as his Savior. And all of this time, lives in Chicago area, used to be able to travel out with his stick and go places, but not anymore in Chicago. If you can see, it'd be hard to be in Chicago. But what a blessing was to take him by the hand and say, it's so good to meet you finally, Eddie. And what a blessing. Puts his arm around me and says, it's good to meet you. I've heard of good things about you. And I said, well, don't believe him. Don't believe him. But it was good to see him and talk to him. But, you know, he can't see, but yet he can. Because he understands eternal life. And, and even though he can't look and see all of the things that we get to see, the beautiful sunrises and the sun settings, and alluding to this would be interesting as we just think about the beauty of the, the, the dew sometimes upon the leaves as the sun comes up into the horizon, of course, and how it kind of seems like it's peeking up and to see that. I've seen it from the deer stand. It's beautiful. I've seen it from the workplace. And as I looked over the pasture land as I was milking cows years ago, and I would get up early in the morning at 445, and we had to get to the barn. And then I would go get the cows and bring them in. What a beautiful thing it was to stand on a hill in the Prairie de Chine. It was called Irish Ridge. And to be able to see the view of the sun coming up and the beautiful trees, it is pleasant to see this. Solomon is saying, It is pleasant. It is precious. That word pleasant means precious. And truly, the light is sweet and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. But if a man live many years, verse number 8, and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. So there's going to be dark days and good days. And you know what? It's wonderful to see the sun shining, right? And what a beautiful thing it is. And even though it's a little bit cold still, it's wonderful when the sun rises and then we're able to look out the window and see all of this. But you know what? You're going to have days where it's going to be kind of cloudy. There are going to be days when you feel like, wow, I need a cup of coffee or something. I just feel like everything is coming on me. I don't have the, the intellect or I don't have the sharpness that I need and I'm just having a bad day. Maybe it's because of a financial distress, I don't know. Maybe it's because of health issues, but it just seems like you have dark days and light days. And some days you're really good. Some days you're like, everything is just going really well. You ever have some of those days while you whistle when you work? You have those days? Yeah, I have those days. But I have also the difficult days when I don't feel really good, when I don't feel like talking to people. You ever have those days? 
I have those days sometimes. Then someone calls me. And they say, Pastor. I'm like, yeah. Inside I'm going like, what? Yes. How are you? But Solomon is trying to help us understand that there are going to be good days and bad days. All that comes is vanity. And by the way, the word vanity here means an excessive amount of pride. Probably pride in admiration of somebody else that you think it's wonderful to have people admire you. And sometimes we get a kick out of loving people's love rather than loving them. Sometimes that happens to us in life. We've got to be careful. We see things through God's eyes. Sometimes people are actually into the vanity when it comes to appearance, and perhaps they want to look a certain way. And that's why we have these my face thing going on with Facebook. And so, the, you know, you ever see someone change their profile picture all the time, all the time, all the time? I'm not trying to pick on you. And don't put the part where you take all of the blemishes out, because people can see that. You know, you soften everything, you know. I feel like just taking a picture of myself and increasing the wrinkles and going, hi, Facebook. <laughs> Maybe people are seeing life as achievements. What can I do more? I want to do more. I'm doing more. Accomplish more. I have four sons, and they're workaholics. They all love to work hard. One of them I had to recently tell him, remember, when you get to the end of your life, it's not going to be, I wish I would have worked more. So I wish I would have spent more time with the family. Viewing life through God's eyes. And Solomon is helping us see that. He says in verse number 9, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Doesn't that go along with verse number 1 of chapter 12? And so really to take the chapters out. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou... For all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. So he gets a little more serious here. Verse number 10. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are vanity. And then he says, remember now thy creator, the days of thy youth. So now, young person, you need to respect God now. You need to look to him now. To be able to fulfill what God has called you to do, the best thing we can do is start right now thinking about God and his wonderful blessings to us. And don't wait. (laughs) Remember now. Don't wait to remember. Do it now. That's what the psalmist is saying. Because look what happens to us. And the description from verse 2 all the way down to verse number 7 in chapter 12 really is, is, let me just explain this. It says, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened or the clouds return after rain. So he's basically telling us and giving us symbolisms, if you would, or allegorically speaking, kind of helping us understand that we are going to get old. And when we do, that might not be the wonderful days. As it says, remember how now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil day, the evil days when you're sick, when you're weak, when you're weary, when you're tired, he says in verse number 2, while the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be darkened. Look at verse number 3. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. You ever see someone when they shake? You ever see that? Sometimes the legs do the same thing when they get older. 
It's just part of what he's saying happens to us. We're, we're all get going there. We're, we're all, we're all going to get there someday. Sooner or later, we're going to have these particular issues happening to us. And not necessarily the word evil that we think as far as wicked, but when it comes to the days when you really can't do what you really wanted to accomplish. And so now is the time to step out and get that job. Now's the time to move forward with what God's called you to do. Now's the time to love people and talk to them and send flowers instead of the funeral. Now is the time to do something that you can actually accomplish things for God now instead of waiting because it won't be long. And this will happen to you. It says in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves as the back being hunched and their grinders cease because they are few. You only have a few teeth left. You don't hear the grinders anymore when you crunch, crunch, crunch. Now it's more gum, gum, gum. And those that look out the windows be darkened, and so you really can't see as well. Look at, look at verse 4. And the doors shall be shut in the street when the sound of the grinding is low, and, the shall, and he shall rise up at the voice of the bird. So there's really not the rest that you thought you were going to get. Because you want to get up, and all the daughters of the music shall be brought low, so you can't really hear very well either. Turn it up. Now, you may have damage to your ears because of certain things. Some of the military men do. I was a tanker, and so I damaged my ears a little bit, and so I've got to turn the TV up. Sometimes when I'm watching something, they're saying, Dad, why is it so loud? Huh? What? Your dad's getting up there. Also, when they shall be afraid. That which is high. So, you know, there was a time when, when you could actually look over buildings. I was at the, the, that place in Milwaukee, and I was out in the... They said, let's go outside for a little bit. I'm like, you guys can go ahead and go out. You know? But I went out there anyway, and I could see the beautiful Milwaukee downtown. And it is beautiful. But we were up high, and I kind of stayed away from the edge a little more. Boy, when I was a kid, it was like right up to the edge. You know? No problem. A little bit different. I hung from a rope over Beirut as a Marine. I couldn't do that now. They would say, Marine dies, had a heart attack at 59. <laughs> yeah. 58. It says here that when they had be af- they'll be afraid, what's high fears shall be in the way. It's like they're afraid of everything. And the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden. The slightest thing will, will hurt them and bother them and won't, won't get sleep. Desire shall fail because man goes to his long home and the mourners go out to the street. But it says, or even the, ever the silver cord, the backbone is loosed or the golden bowl broken. You can't nourish your body anymore within because the pitcher be broken at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern. At that point, then, shall the dust return to earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return to God who gave it. Three things, and I'm all done. I'll send you. I think we need to look at every day as a gift. You see, life is precious. There's people that are trying to hinder both the beginning of life and the end of life. You ever hear of children, little babies, getting hurt as a nurse? The nurse recently was put, what, 17 years they got, he got? They can trace that back, by the way, to mediums. They actually went to 
a medium, him and his sister. And there were some demonic things going on there in that particular situation that I believe is demonic possession, which would cause someone to hurt a little baby like that. You see, it's real, folks. You have about someone would actually hurt an older person in a nursing home and beat on them. That's the demonic possession. No human. Someone who had their natural affection taken away would be a person who would do those kind of things. See, life is precious, both the beginning and the end of life. And you sit down and you hold babies and you talk to them and you comfort them and you read them. You should do the same thing to older people when they get older. You should visit them and talk to them and encourage them. Shouldn't we do this? Especially to the widows? Yes, we should. It's something that we should have as far as the ministry is concerned. But life is precious and we understand this. And so if we understand that every day is a gift, doesn't it help us to understand how we ought to live life? Because God's given us another gift to live. I get up in the morning and I'm just, I'm excited. Get to go to have my devotions and I throw them on the, on the social media after I'm done. And then go on with my day, whatever God has for me. You know, pastoring is not easy. But I'll tell you what, I love doing it. Because God's given me an opportunity to encourage people for Christ. Every day is a gift. And you know what's a blessing is to see people that are getting along with their families and so that they can talk to one another and encourage one another. That's absolutely essential when we look at every day as a gift. Second thing. Not only every day a gift, but every gift comes from above. (laughs) So if you're breathing his air, then you need to remember your creator in the days of thy youth. If you're eating his food, You're using his power and his strength. We ought to look to the God of heaven and say, I believe that you gave me today, God, another opportunity to be a blessing to other people. So much of this lethargic thinking in our lives, and we think, you know, life is just blah, 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 you know, overload of news, overload of impeachment, overload of whatever, overload of of choices, overload of appointments, and pretty soon we're walking around like zombies. We don't have the strength to do anything. Let me encourage you, dear believer, you can do all things through Christ. And maybe it would be strong for you just to turn off the Internet a little bit, especially when you're in church. Because otherwise it would distract you from the Word of God. And so the Bible's basically telling us, oh, young person, enjoy life, man. And isn't Ecclesiastes talking about that, that we ought to drink the wine, eat the food, be merry and work and take, take your wife, take good care of your wife and, and to be able to provide. And we're talking about wine, we're talking about juice. But I'm telling you that the Bible tells us that we ought to enjoy life. We ought to understand that every single day is a gift of God. And God gave us that gift. To the, and God would love it if he would take, take that gift and we would say, I've got 24 hours to live for you. Let me write a letter to somebody. Let me encourage somebody. Let me find somebody that's not feeling well and do something for them. I praise the Lord for certain of you that view people as people who need something. And I'm going to embarrass her. Sharon, you've been a blessing to me as a pastor. She has made blankets, and she's making more blankets. And sometimes she'll have me be the delivery boy. And I take these to so-and-so. And I go and knock on the door. Sharon made these for you. And they'll say, well, that's just the perfect color. Wow. Using her time 
to encourage other people. Friends, let me tell you something. You've got 24 hours a day, and so do I. We waste too much time. We waste too much time. Closing. Every day is a gift. Every gift comes from above. And lastly, everyone is accountable. It says in verse number 9, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart rejoice thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart. Go ahead and do it. Fulfill it, man. I got two boys that started their own company. This is the second time that my boys have started companies, and now they're starting another one. And they're saying, let's go for it. I'm like, go for it, guys. Go for it. You can do this. Go thy way. Do what is in thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But know this, he says, let's get serious. All these things, God will bring thee into judgment. So there must be, there must be a day of judgment. There, there must be a, an accountability made that, that God would give us the, the opportunity to someday be accountable, both good and bad. And every believer that's born again, you're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. But if you've never received Christ as your Savior this morning, then guess what? You're not going to be at the judgment seat. You'll be at the great white throne judgment. And all those that were not written in the Lamb's Book of Life are cast into the lake of fire. So life has accountability. God is going to use you and hold you accountable. Let me just give you something to think about. How do I do this? I think you've got to remember your God-given priorities. And that's your relationship with God. If, if your relationship with God is not where it is, then you're going to struggle with relationship with people, okay? Those around you. So many times you focus on this rather than focusing on this. So if you take your hand and you say, number one, my relationship with God. Number two, my relationship with my wife and my family. My relationship with church. My relationship with the work. And then my relationship with hobbies. Those are the God-given priorities. You say, how do I live life the fullest? How can I view life through God's eyes? By taking heed and remembering now the days. By creating the days of thy youth. I think it's important for us to, number two, is be humble. Too much pride in the world. Young person, listen to me. If you disrespect an adult in front of me, I'm going to talk to you. I am tired of hearing little kids tell adults what to do. I'm tired of that. And parents, you better make sure your children are not, are not causing our, our teachers here and our, our men here at this church, sometimes these little kids will just, will just talk to them. You know what? I bet you that kid talks to you that way sometimes. You take that child in the other room and you have some devotional thoughts with them. Unless you train your child in the home to live the way they should live, then when they get out of the home... They're going to disrespect everything else, everybody else. Be humble. You know what? Sometimes your children need to be humbled, right? You know, I'm not talking about disciplining them in anger. We should never do that, right? But I'll tell you what, if you really truly love that child, you will correct them. Sometimes we punish rather than correct. God wants us to do that. View life through his eyes. So this morning, don't, don't wait to remember. Bring to mind God. How does God view this? How does God see this? How, how does God want me to respond? 
God will help you to do that. a sidetrack. Church is important. This place is very, very important. It's important for our culture. Let's not take church lightly, okay? Let's take it seriously. And when it comes to bringing your children to church, I I was talking this week, I had an opportunity to go out, and I was out uh, bus calling yesterday. I was over at at, uh, Kennedy Heights, and here comes this woman toward me, because I was talking to her grandkids, and uh, I said, ma'am, I'm sorry, I was talking to the kids. Did they go to Sunday school anywhere? And then she told me her name. And here, uh, I used to go to church with her parents. And we used to go to, after church, church was at 7, by the way, it was done at 8.30. And then we went to people's homes afterwards. For some reason, everybody's like this nowadays. I just can't do any more. I'm just so tired. I can't do more. Sometimes I like that. Why? I think it's because of the day which we live in, the culture we're in. We're going to make some adjustments. We have to. But Pam Davenport came up and talked to me. I think her name is Bishop now. I'm not sure what her last name is. But here this lady used to go to church with me, and we used to go to their house afterwards once in a while and have singing around the piano and what a fellowship it was, and to hear her talk, and then to, and then to have that communication. I prayed with her, and she was so happy. She hugged me three times. I gave her a Bible to take to her, to take her. Her daughter has cancer, and, and she says, you know, don't say anything to the kids, but she's not doing very well. Take her this Bible, and turn to page 115, and it'll guide you through so that you can actually share with her eternal life and show her how she can be saved. Amen? It's important that we understand life. I wrote a little track called The Breath of Life. Not only that God breathed into us the breath of life, but he's also given us eternal life. Amen? Because of Jesus Christ. If you've never put your trust in him, and by the way, what a beautiful testimony of someone who was born again but didn't surrender until later on. Maybe that's you. And God's been prompting you now to surrender to him. I know I'm saved, but now full surrender. Every head bowed and every eye closed just for a minute.